And I'm going to read another happy bit of Lanark when he's traveling by a queer bird aircraft to the city of Proven. He wakened next in cold, pale azure. He was above a plain of snowy clouds with a blue bird-like shadow skimming over them on one side and on the other, not far above the horizon, a small piercing sun which seemed to shoot golden wires at his eyes when he glimpsed it. Sometimes he passed through fountains of birdsong squirting up through rifts in the clouds and looked down for a moment on grass or rocks a mile or so beneath. But the only steady sound was the quietly thudding wings of the eagle machine muted by the thin air. His body lay relaxed and warm on the firm satin. His face lay in a pool of cold air as refreshing as a rinse of cold water. On the horizon ahead he saw a mountain of white cloud, as single as a milk jug on the edge of a bare table. A bird-shaped black dot casting a fleck of shadow seemed to cross the side of it. Later, when the peak and the precipices of the mountain floated above him, creamy and dazzling toward the sun, and turning into blue shadow away from it, he saw that the cloudy plain ended here, and a real mountain stood under the cloud one. It had a sharp summit and granite precipices, and was highest of a jagged range rising from heathery purple moors. It combined the massiveness of great sculptures with the most delicately imagined detail. A drifting movement on the shadowy side of a glen resolved into a herd of deer. A small loch on the moor had a waterfall spilling out of it and an angler knee-deep near the edge. He saw differently coloured fields with white farmhouses along a shore and a bay where the sand under shallow water was lemon-yellow with reddish gardens of wheat. Further out, the water was ribbed by sea swells and ruffled all over by little waves that sparkled where the sunlight caught them. He passed over a pale green, slowly foaming triangle of wake with a long tanker moving onward at the tip. Then conversational sounds came from inside his eagle machine, and he pulled his head in out of the sunlight. A small voice near his toes was saying, Identify yourself. This is Proven Air Authority addressing the new one flight from Unpack. Repeat, will passenger please identify yourself? Over. I am the Lord Provost of the Greater Unthank region, said Lanark firmly, yet with elation, and delegate to the General Assembly of Council States. Please, re please, re please repeat, over. Lanark said again, said it again. The U-1 flight from Unthank may proceed to Hamden unplanned on Beamco, Beamco, Co, Beamco, ordinate zero flux, zero perihelion, 43 minutes, 19.09 seconds, epihelion, ditto nag, ditto nag, ditto negating impet impetus reversal flow, 22.02, beyond the equinoctial of Quibus, on the international nerve, national nerve, national nerve, circuit decimal calendar, cortex and quantum clock. Message understood, over. It sounds like gibberish to me, said Lanark. Proceed as planned. Repeat as planned. Repeat as planned. Out. There was a click and silence. He lay thinking of how he kept being pushed into certain actions and how people kept talking to him as though he had planned them. But perhaps the message had not been for him but for his aircraft. It had sounded very like a machine talking to a machine. He pushed his head out into sunlight again. He was flying up a wide and winding firth with very different coasts. To the right lay green farmland with 
clumps of trees and reservoirs in hollows linked by quick streams. On the left were mountain ridges and high bends silvered with snow, the sun striking gold sparkles or bits of sea loch between them. On both shores he saw summer resorts with shops, church spires and crowded esplanades, and clanging ports with harbours full of shipping. Tankers moved in the water and freighters and white-sailed yachts. A long curving feather of smoke pointed up at him from a paddle steamer, churning with audible chunking sounds towards an island big enough to hold a grouse moor, two woods, three farms, a golf course and a town fringing a bay. This island looked like a bright toy he could lift off the smoothly ribbed, rippling sea, and he seemed to recognise it. He thought, did I have a sister once? And did we play together on the grassy top of that cliff among the yellow gorse bushes? Yes, on that cliff behind the marine observatory, on a day like this in the summer holidays. Did we bury a tin box under a gorse root in a rabbit hole? There was a half-crown piece in it and a silver sixpence dated from that year, and a piece of our mother's jewellery, and a cheap little notebook with a message to ourselves when we grew up. Did we promise to dig it up in twenty-five years, and dug it up two days later to make sure it hadn't been stolen? And were we not children then? Was I not happy? You may remember, Mora, that, uh, <laughs> that that was Millport, and something, and we did something like that at Millport above the Lion Rock, and not far from the Marine Observatory Station. I'm, I'm answering your letter by voice, partly, because I'm, um, I must find it easier. Um, the point is that, that, that I remember lots of happy times we had together, the ones you mentioned in your letter, and, and uh, I, I had to leave them out of Lanark because I was planning a tragedy, so I only took the dreary things that would make the tragedy seem likely. And, um, and, and, and therefore, the black view of my childhood that you get from Lanark is, is in fact, um, not even my memory of it. And, and um, um, a couple of the times you mentioned in your letter, I remember very happy ones too, and, and, and quite a number of other ones. Um, do you remember the time that you... Um, you came home having bought the Ying Tong song record. And I, I listened to it rather disapprovingly when you put it on, because I knew you had bought it with money that was supposed to be for the household. And then you knew I was disapproving, but you also knew me well enough to know that when I heard it, I would burst out laughing and feel very happy, which I certainly did. And do you remember all the, the times when after the Gilbert and Sullivan, you got the libretto of the uh, of Iolanthe out and you played it on the piano while I practiced the Lord Chancellor's song and, um, and after all, damn it, you were the first person who <laughs> you were the first really continuous audience <laughs> who gave me my start in life <laughs> and, 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 and another thing, I think we're very like each other, much more like each other than you've noticed. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think in terms of marriage, we were both in many respects rather conforming passive types. It was just that uh, I, married, uh, I married a strong-minded woman that it was impossible to conform to because she kept changing. Um, if, if, I'd married, if I'd married a nice wee Scottish housewife who in fact 
had my slippers neat and clean and so forth and, and wanted me to be a breadwinner. A breadwinner I would have been, no matter how I'd hated it or how asthmatic it had made me. And, and, um, and another thing, you, you know perfectly well how my mind works. I'm not surprised you thought you didn't after seeing that rather bland television program with all them talking heads, uh, you know, sort of... And <laughs> my mind works like how I talk. And and and, um, and and honestly, there's no mysteries in my, in, in, in my subconscious at all. And, and damn it, you and, and Dinger and Morag, <laughs> my friends really do know how my head works and, and the kinds of things that interest and excite. I'm, I'm going to be recording other things um, on, uh, on another tape, The Man Who Knew About Electricity Story. And... and um, and others, <laughs> oh, 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 in fact, I'm going to be recording a story by Walter Delamere that I think you'll like very much. <laughs> and then, um, um, ah, um, <laughs> Jane, you and I are much more alike than, than our, um, <laughs> and we both envied each other, um, I think probably mistakenly. <laughs> I'm going, to, I'm going to post this off because um, I'll send another one shortly. I mean, I mean this tape I'll send off. Cheerio, not to bert too. This is a PS because I've noticed that there's space for it. <laughs> Do you remember the time when I was 14 or 15, maybe 13, 14 or 15, and you would be two years less than that? It occurred to me that it would be a very good idea if we could do us if we could pray simultaneously for a soul swap when we went to bed, because I thought that I'd have a better chance of being uh, uh, the kind of writer artist I wanted to be as a as a married woman than as a married man. <laughs> Whereupon you laughed very heartily and told mum and dad, who laughed very heartily, <laughs> and um, and therefore the experiment didn't bring. Hopeful of it, but I thought it was worth trying. <laughs> and oh, certain holidays we had at Weatherby, the one that was at the Duke of Rutland's place, somewhere in the Peak District, with big millstones lying in the heather and, and a wonderful gorge and, and anthills among the roots of trees. A great big library. And, mm, it's some very lucky times. You'd have bullened all that thing you called Gretel that we somehow lost. Anyway, bye bye.